0: a new world order. Yo, 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 what it do? It's your main man, Shiz Lansky, and welcome to another episode. Of all the top of podcasts, as normal because this whole COVID 19 situation, having us is always like we're getting the whole lineup pretty mixed up, and it's always a different lineup each and every. But, we have two of the main, two of our members here. We have Eughes here in the building with me. What's going on with y'all, boys? Yeah,
1: man, just another day, another dollar. Hope y'all are safe,
0: though. I want that. Oh, and a big ups to you, you young boy, because your birthday's tomorrow.
1: Oh yeah, shit, I'm ready for that. Somewhat, but try to find another plan B since my plans um, got canceled.
0: <laughs> don't mean don't feel bad. Just like mine was last month. Yeah. <laughs> um, what up with you, Dukes? Can you hear us? Yeah. Hey, hey. Yeah, you can hear us? Hey, hey, he's back.
2: I, uh, I'm, I'm good, chill. You know, um, me and me and I'm RVD Wildout on, on Instagram. <sighs> oh my God.
0: Let's <laughs> not go. I mean, I mean, we're talking about it, but anyway. we we're gonna talk about it here. <laughs> um, so today's episode is brought to you by. Anchor podcast where we make our podcast here off the top of our podcast from our very phones from our very indisposable homes. I mean, unfortunately, you can go on www.anchor.fm or you can go on the Apple uh, Apple iTunes and Google Play Store to download for free, and you can create your own podcast just like me. It comes with the customizable tools. You make money off of sponsorships with very little viewerships. So, take heed by my word. Everybody quarantined at me at home and you, you trying to find something new to do, this is one of the things that you could do. Pay attention. Learn something. OTTR. we still here. We're still growing. 100 plus ways. Let's keep going to 200. Let's get more people. Let's freaking grow. So I really got to say about that. Um. So, y'all know what today's episode is about. For the listeners at home, today's episode is about last night's dark side of the ring. Um, the, the mysterious murder of Dino Bravo Um, for the people for the listeners that, that don't know who Dino Bravo is, Dino Bravo used to run the independent wrestling scene up in Mon- Montreal, Quebec, Canada back in the early 70s to mid 80s and then that's when we see the downfall of the independent scene, how several talent several big name stars were getting brought up by Vince McMahon in the WWF Back then, between 1982 and then 1985, Dino Bravo was having been one of those guys that closed up his shop, and he eventually took a deal to work for Vince McMahon for very lucrative money. And as we go further lawn, and after a pro, pro wrestler's life is over, and they can't work anywhere else, or they don't know any of the skills to be able to pay um, a good a, a good amount of salary money to keep their to keep their their lifestyle afloat. They go and do odd jobs, stuff like that. And he has a certain connection to the Montreal Mafia, who was run by his uncle. (laughs) Nonetheless, so this is going to go way deep into this thing. But um, as of March 10th, 1993, he was brutally murdered from the inside of his home. 11 11 shots to the body, 7 shots to his head. And clear-cut it was... No breaking, uh, entering. There was no force. There was no force entry. So from the look and the sound of this thing, this case has remained to be unsolved even after 30 years. And um, we're going to just go one person at a time. I know I was probably the dead last person to I watch know, this. I know that because I was watching this from earlier this morning from when I was getting dressed to get ready to go to work to when I was at work and watched it, I think, like a good three times until I came back home and rewatched it all over again before we started our broadcast today. So I'll be the dead last one to go. Um, whoever was the first one to watch it should go first. Who is it, Dukes or Youngblood? Which one of y'all watched it first? I watched it this morning. So Dukes, was you watching last night where it premiere, or would you like us watching this morning? Um
2: actually I watched it um last night. Um this morning and and well like over two hours ago, just to like really
0: understand what's really going on. Okay. So Dukes, I guess you have the floor first, since you was the one that kind of broke the ice for it. Um yeah. Go first. Take your time. And as we found out yesterday, we could go over an hour. So we do gotta be trying to crunch in so much. So thank God for yesterday's episode that if you guys would have seen it, then you guys would have said, How the fuck they go on for 120 minutes? Yeah, we 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 actually figured that out as we went along. So at least we now know there's no boundary line when it comes to this whole point session right here. So yeah, be up the floor.
2: Um I'll say my take on Dino Bravo is a slim story between what happens when you get let go from a company and you have nothing left else to do. Like, his story could be taught, could be brought for any other wrestler just because his, even though his investigation is still going on right now, But how is it that he got shot 11 times in his own home?
0: Actually, altogether, it was 18 times. 11 uh, 11 shots to the body, 7 shots to the head. My
2: bad, 18 times. That's still still a lot of bullets in you. Mm -hmm. Just get shot 18 times in your own home. After a drug, after a drug deal gone bad, after this house with the mafia, and knowing that, not everything that's going on, all I did I can say, I just, I feel sorry for for his family, man. Mm-hmm. Like they did it after his his wife and his daughter left. Let's go to the opera. Ballet. Oh uh, yeah, ballet. But like I said, you gotta feel sorry for them. Let's just sit there and know that. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know like let's sit there and see a parent. And you automatically tell it's a hit. But only one who won't say anything or probably be a wrestler that we all might heard of Rick Martell. Yep. Mm-hmm. Because if we... Were, now one thing we all know is that Rick Martell and Dino Bravo have a have a connection, and he already and Rick Martell already knows things that Dino already told him. Maybe he knows who actually did it, and. And he won't say not a word to even try to help out a dear fallen Conrad. That's it's a sad story, man. It's definitely a sad story. He was a good like as what well I seen and heard, he was a good popular wrestler. Before he became to the WWE and next you know, I mean WF at the time, and got that luxury that that good month. Amount of money from Vince McMahon. and made his, made him a blonde heel, even though he was the most popular wrestler at the time. This is a sad story. I that's all I can say right now, man.
0: All right then. Youngblood, I guess you got the floor, buddy. Uh, <clears throat> man,
1: I'll, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I didn't know very much about Dino. I've heard the stories over the years. And it blows my fucking mind every time I hear it. And this morning when I watched this, you know, episode, it was no different. Um, y'all even in the introduction going on to Duke basically you know brought up his personal life and my first time looking at it it was pretty rough you know and then you have your wife and your kid you know kind of involved in that lifestyle that he was involved in the, you know they have yeah. to deal with the facts hey. yeah. Um, they had to deal with the fact that uh, that their you know, the kid's father her husband died in their home while they're out having a good time you know, looking at the opera I mean hey, that's their taste they have a good time, and that's them you know what I'm saying? Ballet oh,
0: Ballet, yeah. and blood.
1: Ballet. <laughs> Ballet. So, <laughs> dude's got the same opera um Honestly, they look like a tactical, (laughs) but anyway, um, either or, you know, no family shouldn't be in that lifestyle, but since y'all basically talked about, you know, that, I'm going to jump off that a little bit, and I'm going to talk a little bit about his uh, professional wrestling, you know, career, his life there, Um, there's one word that I would like to describe Dino is pride. He has a lot of pride. I agree. And and I can honestly I can understand that because when you do something and you work so hard and you bust your ass and you've gathered fame and respect from your fans based off what you done. And it makes you a very proud human being because you know what you did, you know where it got you. But of course, when your back's against the wall, you don't want to let go of your first. But you know, just like a lot of wrestlers in the past, they come to the point where they have no choice. Mm-hmm. Excuse me for a second, let me move. They come to a choice where, they come to a point where they have no choice. You know, everybody has families. They want to make a good living. Now, you mentioned the uh, the whole foreign heel blonde look. I really felt sorry for the dude when he had to go to a bar and then they point and make fun of him because of the way he looked. But it feels like that pride, he knew that that's what he had to do to support. You can't fix something that is broken, which is basically what happened with, you know, what Dina was running, you know what I mean? But looking back, and I was actually granted with these footages that they were showing during the uh, documentary, dude could have been a star. You know? But even back then, I learned, you know, just watching it, that since day one, WWF, WWE, Vince McMahon, whatever the fuck you did, outside of the company, it doesn't matter once you come in. I thought, honestly, that was a modern thing. But looking back and then looking at, you know, this episode of Dino Bravo, it's like, damn, man. And like you said, Dupes, it's a sad story, you know, because this could have been someone that came from the bottom, made it to the top, stayed at the top, and lived a healthy life. But instead... It was everything I just said, but scratch off to live the long, healthy life to the point it got cut short. Yeah, he made some decisions along the way. But even up to this point, honestly, a lot of people nowadays can understand you got to do what you got to do to hustle, right? You know, so... All in all, before I... uh, pass the mic off, there's just one thing I want to say that I felt the same kind of vibe with Jake the Snake was that point where they had plans to have Dino versus Hulk Hogan. And because there was fear that Dino was going to be more popular than Hulk Hogan in Toronto, the match never happened. And it was considered a dream match. And I felt that same vibe when uh, Jake the Snake was to have to, uh, was supposed to have a feud with Hogan. And since uh, Jake Roberts got the response that he wasn't supposed to get, they canceled that program. You know, with guys like Jake, guys like Dino, what happened if they had that match with Hogan? What would it do for them? What would it do for him? What would it do for Dino? Uh So, before I speak on too much, I agree with Dukes, a sad fucking story and and wish that their family didn't have to go through what they're going through. The fact that this case is still being talked about to this day is fucking crazy, you know? I'm not going to lie to you the way I'm speaking to y'all right now today, guys is exactly how I was feeling watching it um, mm, there was a lot of gut punches and yeah, this was uh this was interesting, but deep and. I ain't really got nothing to say about it. You know.
0: I hear that, brother. I think the both of you for um, giving your real thoughtful opinions and um, analyzes, a- you know, deeply, <clears throat> excuse me, deeply and strategically and multiply unbiased. the viewers at home i'm gonna break it down piece by piece as we go from the very top we see dino bravo this big established big thick six foot four six foot five guessing 325 350 pound built guy who ran his own independent company independent wrestling in Quebec, Canada. as i said in the intro this is how he got his name is how he got over um, built up his name, his reputation, and as the boss, he will always book himself to be in in the main event. That's that kind of selfish, but you know, back then, who who could tell who what? You know. Then we fast forward a little bit until seeing him being the beautiful dad and you know, wife and all that stuff that he was, and he was a very popular guy with the group and, uh, with the guys in the back, you know, the fans. So as the babyface, he got over. He built his name so much to the point that as times was on, WWE started to, fall, started to take form, start taking shape, and start gobbling up these big superstars or all the independent companies, bleeding them high and forcing them to either close or get bought out by him. Obviously, independent wrestling was no exception. They was part of that little deal. And as I kind of find out, I did not know that one of those Quebec um, wrestlers was from um, from there, too. And I was like, oh, that brought, that brought a little bell on my ear. The little Quebecers tag team that they had back used to face off against um, demolition and stuff, if y'all ever remember that. Um, he's in this documentary, too, it's about how, you know, great that he was as a worker, but they wasn't really close. So, you know, depending on who. The different people will give you probably a different perception of me of Dino. You know, he was making money, he was his lifestyle. Then this man comes knocking on the doors. So I swallowed Eventually, he has to think, but for the safety of me and my family, do I go over here and make this money? But I'll lose my sense of pride and dignity because they're gonna put a character on me, or do I stay here and crumble crack with my company back and be who I am and be what I love and do what I love back then in 1984 and 95 there wasn't really that much options so the big names will go to WWF you see him having Jimmy <laughs> Jimmy Hart as his mouthpiece and he's growing his name as a baby face I mean, I mean as a um, as a heel at first but he was getting more cheers that when they brought him in they they brought him in as a babyface. They didn't put him they put him as a heel. That was the turn later on, which I thought that was stupid, just like Young blast said earlier. If you have a hot guy with a hot hand and you also have Hogan and Macho and everyone else, and they're built and he's built just like them. And you ain't pushing him to the moon, are you kidding me? Maybe Vince had already looked at him because of his age. I don't know how old was he. He had to be in his mid thirties when he was coming into WWF. And that transitional period from there, and being there for the next several years until 1991. That was when the last time you see him wrestling on WWE programming at WrestleMania Seven against the Ultimate Warrior. If I'm getting that, if I'm getting that correct, <clears throat> um, uh, see, just the timetable for him was just he was happy, but now he just took the money, but he's going to be miserable. But the lifestyle stayed the same flashy cars, you know what I'm saying, all that stuff, and buy a nice home. Then, changes when his contract expires and he's decided that they're not going to sign him and he's going to leave. Then, what could you really do back in those days in between 1991 and 1992, where the only biggest company that was out was WWE, I mean WWE, back then WWF. WCW could have been one, but... (laughs) Look at back then compared to where they was in 1996. Huge gap. <laughs> um, so he knew he couldn't devalue himself to going to another company like that, so he, he figured another way. He's trying to figure out his next move could be his best move. His next move was actually a pretty controversial move. He used his connections. Now, this intertwining with his personal life, I'm still trying to figure that out, but from what I understand, the Sicilian and Italian, the Sicilian Italian mob that had already migrated to America had already built an establishment, but never in Canada. They see an open, wide marketing field that they could take over. They send a, which was happens to be Dino Bravo's uncle, um, the Catrulli family, if I'm pronouncing this straight, the Catrulli. Has hugged in Marshall, Quebec, Canada, has taken over the majority of Canada for at least a good thirty-five years. Still, and people, but if people pay attention to this little Netflix, um, Netflix little series called "Bad Blood" that documents three other early 90s French, um, French Canadian mob in Canada. That that story is kind of intertwined to what really what really happened back in those back in that time period so intertwining his life using using his connects he's not going to get no regular job he needs to make that big money to be able to maintain his lifestyle and the only thing back then that people don't know that actually truly exists to this very day is the italian mob and they do it as people stop paying attention to things Especially in New York. The five families are still rampant out there. Well, not totally rampant. Three of the families kinda of dying down a little bit. The only top top echelons right now are the Gambinos and the Genovese family. Those are the only two that's been kind of been on top for the last, I say, ten to fifteen years. Now for the people that don't know, um one Gambino former boss two years ago got cla- I me, mean, got shot and got shot outside his home. Never in American history, never in a, never in mafia history, has that happened. Which we're gonna get to that later on with Dino Bravo's case. But that supposedly someone that's untouchable, and you, and that's someone—the one thing that you don't do—that's a cardinal You can't. Period. Nonetheless, as this thing teaches us, anybody, anyway can get touched for any reason whatsoever. It could be a smart move. It could be a dumb move. Moving forward, Dino gets involved with this mafia family. He started making money on the side. And his game was contraband cigarettes. You know, bringing it from an outside country, bringing it into their country, wait, um, crossing out the sales tax and making a profit off that so They could be making a good 100, 150000 if you ask me why I'm a mafioso head, I study this shit, so this is a uh, hobby for me. Nonetheless, because of this little gamble, can get you really into some deep shit, especially if a plan goes wrong, and now that hundred thousand dollars for I'm guessing it had to have been fifty. I mean, fifty box shipments. That he had hold on to, but then they got confiscated by um Montreal Police Department. So was gotta pay for that. Now, the story between this, as we go deeper, <clears throat> he made his little connections between the Native Americans and himself, but he was the middleman for his mafia family that he's intertwined with. His uncle being the boss, who, as we found out yes last night, too, that he happened to have been a wrestler back in the 1930s which I did not know that. So that was pretty, you know, like, oh, shit. So this is a family bloodline type thing. So imagine what the future could have brought for them if they would have succeeded. Not saying that in a negative way, folks. I don't encourage it. You know, you got to wonder sometimes. Be open-minded about these type of things, man. You'll You'll learn a few things or two. Then one big play goes bad. And concubry secret disease, now $400,000 is further out there and confiscating than each other. But obviously, and this is where I get kind of confused. Someone's uncle, I'm a mob boss, I have a nephew that my family, not formally sworn in, but as an associate. And trying to make money You up, I mean, you know, going they leading up to the boss, and they kick back for yourself and all other kind of stuff. So, what I want to know is, did he re- did he really think that his nephew was skimming him money, and thinking that this is all did he really believed? is someone else targeted. But no- and back in those days too, and for people that don't know, this is where Canada is the hub of the Hell's Angels. This is, this is where they started from before they started integrating into the United States of California and Texas and Oregon and Arizona, the main hubs on the on the West Coast, West Coast, going East Coast, where we still got chapters over here. That's the origin of Canada. And they made a deal with, with their um Canadian family, the Catrulli family. And now you have the Hells Angels as your. Army, your indisposable, crazy, violent army. So that's too much power to even, you know, say I want to pass a contract off to someone here. Someone's going to take it and they're going to make this money. Maybe 20, 30, 50 grand a kill, if anything else. Which led up to this day. uh, I think, to be honest with you guys, I think Dino saw was obviously coming. He knew it. Imagine being in his shoes with a I mean when a big play goes wrong. Like for real, like say like, okay, for people who's like urban that's listening to us, say if you had two pounds. Or, I mean two pounds like you just picked this shit up. You're going back home and all of a sudden something happens, then like you you go meet a whistle one like yo, da-da-da. I I, da-da-da, I, da-da-da, I I need this big order, whatever. And then when you get there, it's suddenly don't feel right, and then you get stuck up. Now, who's responsible for that? You, them, who? I say the person whoever invested their money into it is morally, the, is morally the person that fault. So, Dino Bravo's case, he he screwed up big time, and he wasn't really making that much income because he wasn't wrestling anymore. So, Wiggy come up with four hundred thousand dollars in such a short time span? <laughs> There's only a few things that you can do that the mom knows very well how to do. That's, he I feel he I feel he seen this shit coming. I feel he he felt it coming. But I felt like you want to open the door and find two people that you know that yeah, you're mad cool if you know the situation that you're in, you're gonna be paranoid. So if someone had to come into the home, two people had to come into the home that he knew that he trusted and didn't think anything of it and then gets killed. 11 shots to the body, 7 shots to the head, as the mother and the daughter was at ballet, and then come on to after midnight to find I already done it with on the couch. Yeah, on the sofa chair. <sighs> to come on and find that, that's trauma, that's shocking, that's PTSD, that's, oh, God, man, that's anxiety, that's everything. To come home to a parent shot in cold blood. No one knows what fuck is even going on. Still, this very, still this very day, thirty years later, I was like, "Oof, that's sad, man. That's truly sad, truly depressing. Something I would never want to ha- wish on any person, even if I hate it, to never go through, to never go through that type of pain. Because that's a lifetime." And that changes you from the inside and out. Now, for the hit itself, we clearly know that's a mafia hit, folks. Clearly. Mob only, the mafia only does this shit. I can't see no street game really do that type of shit. No. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> and much as I love my black people, you know what I'm saying, and all that, but this is what organized crime is. Organization. No, you're playing and executed to the highest expectation, and then you walk away from it like nothing. The fuck happens, It don't glow about it afterwards. This is clear-cut mafia hit. Maybe the boss, happened, his his uncle, probably probably is deceased now, and maybe the shooter, he's not too. So even with the statute of limitations even coming in, and coming into play, the case is like cold. The case is cold. This is going to be one of those misses that we're never going to find out. We're just going to have that theory that if, if we really look at it and you look at the connection between him and his connection with the mob, his family. Is his family killing his own family? That's even more fucked up to even say. Man, I just feel bad for the daughter. She's beautiful. <laughs> I know y'all watch that, so don't try to act like be all silent and shit. But yeah, I feel bad for her. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? So I was like, uh, Damn. I I mean, I was, you know, nothing but, you know, they keep their heads up high and, you know, always think about the good things about their husband and their father. Cause that's rough. That's a that's one that's one big pill to swallow. That's something that you can never you can never run away from, no matter how long it is. You know. But my but my definite belief is this was the mob doing it. Regardless, if your family four hundred thousand dollars. Now imagine Tony Soprano. No, actually, excuse me. This actually did happen. Tony Soprano did kill his nephew um, Chris Moltisanti in The Sopranos. We've seen that shit happen before. We've seen Tony killed um, Tony uh, Tony Balletti, his own cousin, in season five. <laughs> for the people who are Tony, Tony Soprano, um, the Sopranos fans that listen to the show, thank you very much. Support. Rest in peace, James Gandolfini. Damn man, I still alive, man, for real. <laughs> it's times like that that makes you, that it hits you it's the same way that it hit young blood and I felt I felt I, I never want to wish that on my father either. You know, so <sighs> recipe to Dino Bravo on that note. That's all I got to say about that. And um, that's going to be the end of our show today. We got um, AW Dynamite tonight, and we got the LAC tonight, so we got to get prepped up for that and, and all that stuff. Boys, y'all got any shout-outs that you want to say before we get out of here?
1: Um, rest in peace, Dina Bravo, the daughter of Dina Bravo. You don't deserve this shit, but stay beautiful they living the life. Uh, also, shout out to the <laughs> HBO app for bringing that Looney Tunes <laughs> cartoon back. I'm gonna watch that shit in May. That shit looks like it's funny as fuck, authentic as shit, and I'm interested. So, that's all I got.
0: Dukes, what about. about you? You got any shout that you want to do? Um, shout out to him, like Nick said.
2: Um, shout out to Dino Bravo's daughter. She looks bad as a mug. Um no offense I'm not trying to joke around on that one. Um shout out to like our rest in peace deal o Bravo and um thank everybody for watching the big show on Netflix. Um be me, me uh Mark Henry um Rakishi and Mick Foley, we all sing songs Got gotta um on a on the regular day basics, so Thank you all for watching
0: the show. I know he's trying, know he's trying hard to make me laugh right now. But it's not working. It. <laughs> <So> I got <gotcha>. you. <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you to the listeners at home. <laughs> like, share, like share. bookmark, anchor page, hashtag support OTTR, hashtag OTTR, hashtag author top roast, hashtag author top roast podcast, hashtag support local podcast. Oh, man, that's a lot to fucking to do. Anyway, happy early birthday, Nick. Pretty sure you're going to be on tomorrow, I guess, you're going to be on AEW Dynamite with me and the rest of the boys, hopefully, um, as we move along. The COVID-19 situation, for God fucking sakes, people, wash your hands, put on that face mask, sanitize them things, stay six feet away from people, stay far away from these guys. I need these guys. Jesus Christ. we all go down there, this is all going to be one big Vince McMahon XFL scandal incident. I don't want that to happen. (laughs) Nonetheless, as one beloved TV talk show host once told me, and once told millions of people around the world and around the nation, back in the day, of course, when the house was active, each other,